conservatives do have a problem with this. We have a problem with it because you've just excluded everybody, everybody in the country from being a Supreme Court justice because you're going to pick a black woman. I don't care if it's a black woman, but put her up against the white guy. Put her up against the Hispanic chick. Put her up against my Tongan girl. And let's take the best one. Let's take who's going to do the best job. Not because she's black, not because she's a woman. Welcome to Pod Bless America. I'm Jim. And I'm Dan. And today we're talking about how Joe Burden is going to appoint a white male to the Supreme Court. Be damned about what anybody else thinks about it. Is that right? A white male. Yeah, he came out and said it. He was like, listen, I'm going to put a white male up there. And it doesn't matter if you're qualified anywhere else. Doesn't matter. Got to stick to the white guy. Mm. That's what he said. Mm. No. But let me say a few words about the critically important work of selecting his successor. Mm -hmm. Choosing someone to sit in the Supreme Court, I believe, is one of the most serious constitutional responsibilities a president has. Our process is going to be rigorous. I will select a nominee worthy of Justice Breyer's legacy of excellence and decency. Another white guy. While I've been studying candidates' backgrounds and writings, I've made no decision except one. White guy. Person... I will nominate will be someone with extraordinary qualifications, character, experience, and integrity. Sounds like a white guy. And that person will be the first black woman ever nominated to the United States Supreme Court. Wait, what? It's long overdue in my view. I made that commitment during the campaign for president, and I will keep that commitment. I will fully do what I said I'd do. I will fulfill my duty to select a justice, not only with the Senate's consent, Hmm. So I was wrong. Wait a minute. He's not going to fill it with just a white guy. Well, I thought what you were saying about the white guy thing was a little, that was kind of messed up. I'm like, you can't do that. You can't pick somebody well, based I mean, solely on their race. You could do it without saying you're going to do it and then just pick them at the end, right? You could put all the, it's like the Rooney rule in football, but right? But that's, there's a lawsuit going on in the NFL right now where they like the Rooney rules, like we got to have this black guy in and, and give him the, the interview, but we know we're not giving him the job. We're going to give it to this guy. Happens all the time. Hmm. So I figured they'd do that here, get everybody through, get other picks up, and then just stick with the status quo. Get another white guy in there, right? Yeah. Well, so here's my problem with it. This isn't life-changing, right? This isn't earth-shattering. We're not losing a conservative judge, and now Joe Biden gets a chance to put a liberal judge. A tiebreaker, even. A left-leaning judge, which is disgusting to me anyway, because they should all be constitutional judges. There shouldn't be left-leaning judges. Or right-leaning judges. Or right-leaning, right. They they should just be constitution judges, period. Okay. So this isn't going to change anything. You're going to take a briar and you're going to replace them with a briar, right? It's going to be the same thing. It's not going to change the vote. But the divisiveness, again, from this president. I know, by just saying he's going to put a white guy in there. (laughs) It's, it's terrible. Can like you, I was just saying it in jest, but if you're just going to pick a guy and stick him on there because he's a white guy or a black woman, I mean, he can say he's going to do that all he wants, but well, delivering is, is a whole nother thing. No, no, no. I think this is going to happen. And when you say this though, like you said, so you're basically telling every qualified white person out there need not apply. Every qualified Asian person out there. No, we don't need you. Every qualified uh, Mexican American. Yep. Puerto Rican American. We don't need you. Mm. We don't need you. Mm. Don't even bother applying. Doesn't matter what your qualifications are. Don't even apply. Every black guy. 
oh, those guys too, they're yeah. out? No, black guys are out. What? All these guys that have worked their whole lives that had dreams and aspirations of being on the Supreme Court, done. Son no, bitch. No, don't even get your shot now because He's, it's going to be a black woman. He can say qualified and hopefully she is qualified. It's not that I have a problem with a black woman being on there, but at least go through the motions, <clears throat> accept all of your, your resume so that you're not, you're not putting all these people on the outside right away. You're not telling white folks, not Hispanics, not all these people now are just being cast aside. This is only open to black women. Wow. It's unbelievable. Well, remember in our original intro, it's like, let's talk about the hypocrisy on the left. Mm. Okay. Because put the shoe on the other foot. You try to do that the other way around. It's not going to fly. It's going to be top billing on every single news show. It's going to be, can you believe this shit? And now this is the kind of shit they're going to put up. It's, it's garbage. Oh no, it's not garbage. Not according to the media. Listen to the media. Anybody who's criticizing, in fact, we're racist right now because we're criticizing it. I haven't criticized it yet because it hasn't happened yet. But I did see a tweet from Joe Burden that said, this afternoon, the vice president and I met with Senate Judiciary Committee Democrats to discuss the Supreme Court nomination process. There are a wealth of extraordinary qualified potential nominees under consideration, all of whom are deserving of bipartisan support. So why did you only meet with the Democrats? That's a good question. I mean, why not invite like him? Like, he's the kind of guy that'll say, I met with all the Democrats to talk about a nominee that I need bipartisan support for. So I think the trap is set. The trap is set that they want all the Republicans to vote against this nominee. Sure they do. They want all of them. They love it. To vote against this nominee. They'd so love they it. can go, oh, look at these racists. Yep. Right? So before we get into that, since Breyer's now an afterthought... <laughs> Yeah, we've already moved on. Is he dead? Where's, I mean, I don't. Ugh. And he wasn't somebody that was in the SCOTUS that got a lot of publicity. You didn't hear much about him. No, not till now. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with him leaving. I think he's 82 years old. Right. I don't have a problem with him leaving. You've been there, man, since 1994. That's right. I mean, I understand it's a lifetime appointment, but it, it's like anything else. Mm -hmm. You look at what happened with Ginsburg. She just basically stayed there until she died. She weekend at Bernie'd that thing. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, they <laughs> they had her there. She was asleep on the bench. They had a string <laughs> tied to her hand. Every time they're like, uh, Ruth, you okay? She's just like, <laughs> her hand goes up and she waves. And yeah, that was a mess. That but, was, it was a bad look. But it's time, time for him to go. So let's talk a little bit about when Justice Breyer was born. Let's put it in the context. Yes. When Justice Breyer was born, the average cost of a new house, new construction, $3,900. Man, I paid more for my four-wheeler. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what, what year was this? Uh, 19, 19, well, uh, well here, I, here, I'll tell you what year it was. Okay. The Germans began persecuting Jews the year he was born. 1938. Hmm. 1938. Wow. What do you think the average wages per year were? Now, this is your annual wage. Yeah. Yeah. Annually. Well, a house has always cost more than the average wage for sure. So it had to be at least half of what a house cost back then, right? Uh, pretty close. $1,730 a year. That's what you made. Mm. A year. Okay. Monthly rent. What was monthly rent? $27 a month. Man. Gallon of gas. Mm. One Six. dime. Oh, 
double digits. <laughs> 10 cents. I bet you there were just some people in that time that were like, gas gets over 10 cents a gallon. I had enough. <laughs> exactly. All, all the truckers are rolling in and laying on their heart. They're like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> they're blocking the one traffic light. Continue. A loaf of bread. How much? Six shekels. Six shekels <laughs> back in 1930. You could buy bread with shekels in 1938. Because in retro, I mean, to think was, about it. It was nine cents. Nine cents. This guy was conceived in 1937, born in 1938. So they were still brushing off the Great Depression. Here's a fun one. <laughs> Average price of a new car. Was how much? It is now a car payment for most of us. <laughs> Not for most, but I mean, you get a nice, nice truck. Yeah. $763. <laughs> That's nuts. That's nuts. And here, here's a weird one. Kellogg's cornflakes. You could get three packages. Wow. 25 cents. Hey. And the weirdest one, channel catfish was going for 28 cents a pound. Now, in fairness, I have no idea what channel catfish goes for now. I have no idea either. I don't know a lot of people that eat catfish up here. I think it's pretty big in the South. So old, yeah. old, old 1938 Justice Breyer. Who was the president then? That was uh, Roosevelt. It was 1938. Yep. Wow. So you got Roosevelt. Now, this guy was high school class in 1956. And I bet you like a lot of our listeners, her parents weren't even born when this guy graduated high school. But I've seen interviews with him. He's still sharp. He's got a good sense of humor. Likes to talk. He, he's a jabber for sure. But hey, he's got, it, he's got it going on. But this guy was on the Watergate Special prosecution force. <laughs> he was closer to my age now when he was on that Watergate special prosecution force. I don't know what his job was, but either way, we're saying he's old. Well, Colbert, I think <clears throat> Colbert had an interview with him. And, yeah. This interview was from five months ago. Okay. Five months ago. A couple things to keep in mind here is they're going to tell you exactly what the play is, why they don't want him to stick around joking, but keep in mind, Jeff, the conspiracy theorist, you brought this up. One of the things Jeff talked about, right? When they're going to do something, they always plan it in your ear first. That's true. They, they put it in there so that you can start getting used to the idea. Maybe so this is not such a shock yeah. when they tear the bandaid off. You know what? I, no, I heard this somewhere before. Yeah. Yeah. So here's Colbert. January 27th was Breyer's announcement. So five months ago, four months before the announcement. Mm -hmm. And here was his interview. The, the last question is, uh, are you going to retire? Am I going to retire? I have a bench. Yeah, I don't want to okay. die. You said die. that there are so many, a lot of factors involved yeah. in it, and I trust that they are. Um, how does it feel? George R.R. R. Martin gets mad when people ask him to write the winds of winter because they say, you're going to die before you finish the series of books. Essentially, when people say, when are you going to retire? They're afraid you're going to die when a Republican's in office and they won't replace someone who is more in keeping with your judicial philosophy, how do you feel about all the speculation mm. about how long Stephen Breyer's going to uh, I myself would prefer not to die, period. <laughs> if you could rule on it. <laughs> right, right. And George R. Martin, didn't he write Game of Thrones? Yes, he did. They're well, I, for him. No, he hasn't finished it yet. That's well, why they're eager for him oh, to... Right, right not retire from the scene. I mean, I, I have thought when seeing that, if only I could write the Game of Thrones, but I can't do it. But if you could, you would retire? <laughs> no, I, I think, well, let's because not. Because there's some people out there who would find you a ghostwriter, right? Yeah, I think, I in a minute. Right, what would you? And both sides do it, but you know that they know that they're going to get shellacked in these midterms. 
And the midterms are important. The midterms. So someone like Justice Breyer, they would say that he's, you know, a company man. He likes to do stuff by the book. He would have liked to have announced his retirement at the end of the term, which would be June or July. Mm -hmm. So you give a June or July official retirement that's pushed way too close to the midterms. And in the midterms, you have 34 Senate seats up in November. 20 Republicans, 14 Democrats. And if they lose the House, they lose the Senate. It's all Republican controlled now. And then he retires. Zero chance that there's a nominee getting through. Well, I disagree. Uh If he's going to be the president for this much longer, they're just going to have to put a nominee through that they will vote in. Well, okay. That's what I mean. Yeah. They're going to have to go with a much more moderate nominee to get him through. They're not going to be able to get through. Which feels like hasn't happened in a long time. uh, Well, no, I guess not. But Kavanaugh. When when you saw the bullshit that went on with Kavanaugh. Oh, sure. And Amy Comey Barrett. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, you know, what they did to Justice Thomas and Joe Burton's on tape, just grilling them and, and treating them like a piece of shit yeah. and voting against them. But nobody ever used that as, as him being a racist asshole about it, you know, and just being like, Dude, why are you such a dick to this guy? Holy right. cow. Right. And then now he's going to turn totally around and be this guy now where he's like... Everyone else be damned. I'm putting a black woman in there. And I would have loved to have seen the list of people from all walks of life. And then the black woman ascending to the top herself because of her accomplishments. Correct. Not because she's a black woman. That that gets more merit from me. And you know what? I, I hope they find somebody completely qualified. I hope they find a constitution loving black woman whose writings, whose decisions from the bench is all in line with keeping the constitution strong. And I hope they find her and I hope they put her up there. But is that what they're looking for? I don't think so. I think they're looking for, I think when they say qualifications, I think their qualifications and conservative qualifications, constitutionalist qualifications are probably two different things. Their qualifications probably have to do a lot with checking two boxes. Yep. And toeing the party line. For sure. They want them to, you know, when we come to you, you know, we need to know where, you know, you got a hard stance on Roe v. Wade. That pisses me off the most about this whole thing is, is Roe v. Wade still hasn't came up. They still want to harp on it. It's like, these guys don't want that political fire of that. They're going to leave that alone. I bet. Who's that? SCOTUS? Just SCOTUS in general. Yeah. Yeah. So what we know about the three judges Biden may be considering for Supreme Court, it's all speculation now. He hasn't released it. Right. But PBS put out. Well, they're usually pretty hard hitting. <laughs> Publicly funded broadcasting system. Yeah. <laughs> they think that Katanji Brown Jackson is probably the front runner. And she was born in DC, grew up in Florida. She was president of her high school debate team. Oh, welcome to SCOTUS. She went to earn honors degree from Harvard at Harvard Law. Early in her career, she got three federal clerkships, including one under Justice Breyer who she can now possibly replace, which is unusual. Jackson became a public defender and would go on to become vice chair of the U.S. Sentencing Commission on the commission. She fought for racially equitable drug penalties. But I guess what they failed to realize is that a lot of these stiffer drug penalties came from something that was passed in 94. It was, uh, you know what? No, it was, that's the systemic racism I'm talking about. That's the Republicans coming out with these harsh sentencing guidelines that targeted minorities. It targeted low-income neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. That the 94 crime bill was exactly what the left is talking about. With the systemic racism, with just the white guys in power, 
that don't care about minorities, that don't care about lifting up these neighborhoods, lifting up these these generations of African-Americans. Nope, we're just going to put them in prison. We're going to put them in prison for marijuana, for something stupid. I mean, and that's why. That's why people hate the Republicans. Wait, that doesn't... Are you sure? There's the Republicans that passed that? I'm pretty sure. In 94? Yeah. Um, who signed it into law? In 1994. Oh, my God. That was... That was, was I'm sorry, that was... Oh, this is embarrassing. That was actually Joe Biden who, who brought this thing up and fought for it. Oh, so she had to, this lady had to become a public defender to be the vice chair of the U.S. Sentencing Commission so she can fight for more racially equitable drug penalties, which is understandable. I mean, it's a good thing to fight for. But what they didn't say is how she got there or why it was an issue. So maybe, yeah, that's, I guess that's a good point. I could see how you had it confused, but that was signed into law by Billary. Hillary Clinton. Yeah, Hillary's dude. <laughs> Sign that off. President Clinton's husband. She was nominated to the federal bench in 2012. During this time, she sentenced the man who fired his gun in a D.C. pizza shop due to his belief in the so-called Pizzagate conspiracy. Hmm. Jackson was a long shot pick of sorts back in 2016 when former President Barack Obama was looking to fill a vacancy left by the death of Justice Anthony Scalia. Today, she's considered the lead contender. So what happened in five years? What happened? Yeah. Uh, it sounds like she checks two boxes. I mean, what took her from crazy long shot to number one, baby? Yeah. What has happened in those five years? Did she do something monumental in those five years? I don't know, because they're going on to the next person here on the, in the article. They don't have much else left for what she's actually done or how they're going to pull her. I mean, normally... Hmm. Normally, you would see them taking nominees from the Court of Appeals, Seventh Circuit, Court of Appeals from the District of Columbia. Like, that's normally like the minor leagues for Supreme Court justices. And I, I think this is going to set a whole different precedent on what they do. So, for those who don't remember or don't know, Barack Obama did not get to replace Justice Anthony Scalia. They did some things where they pushed it off and pushed it off to the next election, which is a precedent they set. Now, all of a sudden they can get it used against them. I didn't believe it at the time, but that's when Merrick Garland did not get the nomination. And when they wanted Merrick Garland on the Supreme Court now, now he's the AG. So he's definitely got a four-year job. Can't say that it's a lifelong job like this would have been. But seeing what Merrick Garland does now and how he acts, I'm, I'm kind of glad he's not on the Supreme Court. I don't think he's for the Constitution, in my opinion. Oh, he's salty, too. Salty dog. He is salty. Number two would be J. Michelle Childs. This is the reported second pick. She's uh, a, what, Asian woman? No. She's Hispanic? Not. No. No, she's not white, neither. Judge J. Michelle Childs was born in Detroit, moved to South Carolina as a child. After excelling in school, she won a full scholarship to the University of Florida for undergraduate degree and then attended the University of South Carolina Law School on a full scholarship. So, smarter pants. Okay. Get them full scholarships, you're smart. After graduation, she joined a private law firm, and she later became the first black woman to partner in a major law firm in the state. She eventually left the firm to take a high-ranking job at the State Department of Labor and then the Workers' Compensation Commission in 2006, the South Carolina state legislator elected her as a state judge. In 2010, the U.S. Senate unanimously confirmed her as a federal judge. During this time, she notably ruled in favor of two women seeking to have their marriage recognized, declaring South Carolina's refusal a violation of the constitutional rights. 
all one year before the U.S. Supreme Court upheld same-sex marriages. Some progressives, however, have criticized her work, saying she represented employers against employees, but in the two years that she had worked in South Carolina's Labor Department, the PBS NewsHour found that reported workplace injuries went down and that Childs did some groundbreaking work to support migrant workers in the state. So that last sentence, they did not really refute. <laughs> the sentence before that, they just kind of sugarcoated what else she did, which I hate. How about any rulings or any decisions that stood in line with the Constitution? Uh, not on there. It's not on there. Let's move on. I'm, you know what? I don't even care about number three. Well, number three, the only thing that's about Leandra Kruger is she has the ability to be the youngest nominee in more than 30 years and to be in a position that can influence the court for longer than all the other nominees. I feel like she just moved to the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. feel like she is now Leandra number one. Kruger. Yeah, she's now number one. That's what they're after. They're after young black women. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Damn shame. So the left media is beside themselves right now. And with any criticism at all, any criticism at all of the SCOTUS pick, mm -hmm. you know what it's based on, right? Religion. Nope. Redemption. Nope. Also, we're going to try that bourbon here one day. Have you had Redemption Rye yet? No. We are. Okay. So we got MSNBC here. We got Juanita Tolliver. Juanita Tolliver feels that any criticism at all, you already know where this is going with the left. Any criticism of the left, period. Is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, no, you were close. <laughs> I thought you had it. Rambunctious? White supremacy. Oh, racist. Yeah. So here's Juanita Tolliver. President was when he made this commitment. I believe he was in February, late February, right before the South Carolina primary, and he needed to make an appeal. And this was the appeal he went with, knowing that it would energize black and brown voters across South Carolina, the same voters who revitalized his campaign under the guidance of Representative Clyburn. And, and so I, I think that him making good on this promise is something that will also be another moment where he can tap into and at least create additional momentum among black and brown voters, because this is something after the voting rights failure that needs to happen, must happen. So his full-throated response and reminder to folks that he will make good on this is critical. Now, the criticism we're hearing is going to be rooted in the same white supremacy that we see from the right every single day. We saw it with Vice President Harris on the 2020 campaign trail, and we're going to see even more of that now. We're already seeing it. And the nominee hasn't even been named because the assumption that the Supreme Court is a reserved space for white or white adjacent people, particularly men, is what has been the guiding light up until what, the 60s? And so this is going to make a lot of people upset. And with that in mind, Democrats need to figure out how they are going to protect this nominee because she is going to be in for a world of hatred, racism, and misogyny directed all at her from all angles and protecting her with clear communication and clear efforts yeah. and campaigns is going to be essential. So do you think maybe people were upset with Kamala Harris because she's not qualified to be the vice president? But that doesn't matter. No, no. Do you think that might be the reason or is it just racism? Do you think maybe it's because she couldn't even get 1% of her own party to support her in the primaries, yet now here she is, one heartbeat away from being the president of the United States? Does that have any play in this at all 
that she is completely unqualified to be the vice president, and she shows it every day. She was perfectly qualified for the boxes that he had to check to put her in. Exactly. And that is the problem here. You're right. Nobody's been announced. But nobody is bitching about this because it is a black woman. It's taboo to talk about. That's not why we're bitching about it. We're bitching about it because he has chosen a black woman over all else. He's not not considering the white folks. He's not considering Hispanic folks. You know, we're joking around. You know what You know what time I think it is? He says, hey, it's due time for a black woman, and I'm proud to do this. Hmm. Have we ever had a Tongan woman in? I think it is high time that a Tongan woman gets to come in and, and be the Supreme Court justice. I'm going to start researching Tongan women candidates. And he probably wouldn't get any pushback for that either, hmm. right? Because if the shoe was on the other foot, it would be crazy right now. They'd be going crazy. And and I hate to see that they're going to that they're going to get away with it. And it's going to be like, it's just so virtuous, Joe, all virtuous. Because I mean, I, I look at it like this, right? They're going to tell the Cleveland Browns one day that like, Hey, we need a new quarterback and she's going to be a black woman. No matter how good she plays on the field, we need you guys to put a black woman behind center just to show you're virtuous. Come on. There hasn't been one ever behind center for the Cleveland Browns. So let's get a black woman back there. We can uh, lose every game, but it, it's fine because virtue. It's just bullshit. Mm, you're a racist. I mean, I'm I'm really not. Yeah, according to Brian Stelter, you are. Brian Stelter. Brian Seltzer? Seltzer. Looks like he drinks seltzers. Dude, uh, no, it does not. <laughs> Looks like he's <laughs> drinking full calorie Pepsi. You know, Stelter's one of my favorites, too. And he's on CNN. And just in keeping with the whole white supremacy thing here, Here's Stelter. Here's what he thinks about you. I guess I could call it a confirmation process. Maybe I should, but I default to the word battle because that's the way it's portrayed in the press. And look, maybe it won't really be a battle. Uh, some conservative activists are saying they're not planning to go scorched earth against President Biden's nominee to replace Justice uh, Stephen Breyer, since uh, whoever the nominee is will not change the balance of the court. But let's be honest. Fox wants a fight. Right-wing radio and TV wants a fight. They need a fight over the Supreme Court. They're already starting a fight that's rooted in white identity politics. All of Fox's primetime shows are outraged that Biden has committed to nominating a justice who is black and female. What matters, Joe Biden explained, is sex and skin color. is beyond extremely divisive. Uh, it may even be illegal. Rubber stamp justice. It's a state of permanent political warfare. But does it have to be? High conflict is a term coined by Amanda Ripley. She's the author of a new book by the same name. So it, it, it's easy for him to go, oh, these guys have a problem with him saying a black woman's going to be set up for the Supreme Court? That's white identity politics. It's actually black identity politics. No, if you oppose it, if you got something to say about it. He says that it's just a constant battle. It's a constant, you know, and that... The right-wing media has a problem with this. Conservatives do have a problem with this. We have a problem with it because you've just excluded everybody, everybody in the country from being a Supreme Court justice because you're going to pick a black woman. I don't care if it's a black woman, but put her up against the white guy. Put her up against the Hispanic chick. Put her up against my Tongan girl, right? And let's take the best one. Let's take who's going to do the best job. Not because she's black, not because she's a woman. It's disgusting. They should have done it like they normally do, put everybody up there, and then just pick her because everyone knows that that's what they were going to do anyway, but they didn't have to say it out loud. That's it. But they need it to be so much louder because they need that virtue. 
Well, and they need those votes. They That's need those what votes. it is. Yeah. Just like Tolliver was saying. Yeah. You know, now the voting rights, which was completely unconstitutional, looks like it's dead in the water. He needs to do something to get those people back in. When really, I mean, there, there were record turnouts for, for Donald Trump from black and Hispanic voters, but they need something right now to try to bring them back in to get those votes because they know they're about to get wrecked in May and probably November. History says they should get wrecked. I'm still on what I've been on every episode. I'll say it in this episode. Lose every race by half a percent, baby. Come on, baby. (laughs) We'll see Dan, uh, Dan, the conspiracy theorist. Just Justice Sotomayor. Jeff's going to sue us. Justice Sotomayor chimed in and said, uh, the more partisan that voting becomes, the less belief that the public is likely to have that Congress is making a merit-based, qualification-based assessment on judicial nominees. Sotomayor said the Senate confirmation process that, you know, saying that people are going to lose faith in this institution because it's becoming so politically divided. You have to have the majority in the Senate to get this passed. You have to have a slim majority to get it passed and, and everyone's voting against everybody's, you know, I mean, if you're doing the same thing with the bills, any bills they put forward, any laws they want to pass, you can watch uh, C-SPAN when they have a vote up and you can tell by the nays and the yays who put it in. Sure. Just by looking at it. I've said it all along. Federal government's lost and it's just getting worse. It's not going to fix itself. But when we lose the Supreme Court, we've lost the Constitution. Yeah. Every candidate should be solely vetted on their writings and their decisions as it relates to the United States Constitution. It shouldn't matter what color you are. It shouldn't matter what sex you are. Whoever is the most constitutional candidate should get the nod. But it's just not the way it works. No, it's not. It's really not. And it's a damn shame. Damn shame. But hey, at least at least he didn't go as far as to say we're going to put a transgender, a black <laughs> female. Uh, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. that'd be next, right? It, it probably will be. Next. We don't have one. <laughs> it's, it's long overdue. <laughs> high time. <laughs> high time, my friends. Transgender Tongan. Well, what would it be then? Transgender mm. female was really a guy. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a touchy. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Well, either way. That's a tough one. Either way. Now, now let's be clear. If this clown would have been like, I'm only putting a white male in there, we would still be having this episode and ripping on him for being a dumbass. Sure. And I would be sitting right here going, hey, man, you just excluded all of the black females out there that have worked so hard to try to get her shot at the Supreme Court. Yeah. Look, like, yeah, you, why are you discounting her? Like you said, man, just go through the process. I mean, everybody knows it's dirty, but just don't say the quiet things out loud. Don't say the quiet things they out loud. They have to. That ship is sinking. Well, they have to because they have to make sure everybody knows how virtuous they are. Their ship is sinking. Look at me. They should get walloped in the midterms. I'm not confident on that, but they should. They should, they should have got walloped last time. And they know time. it's coming, which they is They should have why... got walloped last time, and they still have the Senate by a tie-breaking vote of the vice president. Come on. Come on. Yeah, you know, I mean, their <clears> biggest <throat> fear right now is that Breyer sticks around and, and that, then dies in, like, February of 2025. And that's the thing that bothers me is, is he's such a pro, and he wanted to do it the right way, and there was only a small handful of people that knew uh, President Ron Klain was one of the people that knew 
and all of a sudden it gets out the day before and it gets out the day before. It's not like this guy's going to jump in there on the next day and be like, listen, guys, I don't know what kind of report you're getting, but I'm not retiring. They probably came to his house and Hey, Hey bud, tomorrow we're announcing that you're retiring. You've been a good run. We really appreciate you, but you're a little too old for this job. You know, this just reminds me of like, uh, have you ever seen Monty Python? Yeah. Quest for the Holy Grail. Holy Grail. So when they're coming around uh, and during the plague and they're like, bring out your dad, <laughs> bring out your dad. And they bring grandpa out and he's still alive <laughs> and they throw him on the cart full of the dead people. And grandpa's like, but I'm not dead. And the guy goes, you will be soon. And they're dragging him away. And he's like, I don't want to go. <laughs> That's, That's what Briar. I feel like with Briar That's right Briar, now. Poor guy. He's like, man, I, I don't want to retire. They're like, you'll be dead soon. Oh. And that's just it. It's a, it's a damn shame. Bring damn shame what dad. they're doing over here. I, I can't believe it. So, Stephen Breyer, it's been good. You got some uh, some good jokes. <laughs> he does have jokes. He does. He's got jokes. He's a, He's a funny guy. Is he married? Is he married? Let's look him or up. Or kids? Um, Stephen Breyer is like who you want to be your grandpa. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you watch him talk and he's just so... I don't know. Like you said, though, man, he was never, I mean, he was never a big name on the court until now. Now, all of a sudden, he's huge. He was married in 1967 to okay. Joanna Hare. Mm-hmm. That doesn't look like they have any kids. He went to Hall, but. Of course he did. That's where all the old stodgy white guys go. <laughs> Jesus. That's true. No, I know. But at least some, of the, nomi- Who, some of the nominations, though, that are coming through that Joe Burton wants to put in are, what, are from uh, Hall. But- what was Bush? Where, where, where did he go? Did he- Yale. Was he Yale? Skull and crossbones. Skull and bones, skull and crossbones. <laughs> yeah. Him and his boy, Donnie runs Rumsfeld. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, shit. All right. Well, listen, let's talk real quick about, about Facebook and what they did oh, to us. Jesus Christ. Facebook. <laughs> let's talk about what they did to us, but then make sure that I tell them what yeah, they did. did yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. All oh. right. So I wanted to have an opportunity to pay Facebook to promote our last episode from the Canadian truckers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we want to give them money. I already have it set up, mm-hmm. right? I've already ran an ad through them. It went pretty good. I got a $5 voucher because that went so good. I used that one. I thought we had a really good relationship. Me and Facebook were tight, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Now we can see the inside on our page. We can tell our reach is nah, kind of stifled. When you put, when you put an Eagle in your picture and it says America, <laughs> there's a really good chance you're getting shit on over there. And, and that's fine because we have a good core group of people. We have people that continue to reach out to us and tell us, you know, so shout out to all you people that listen every week and give us feedback. You know who you are. So let's just talk about when I first tried to share this from our Pod Bless America Facebook page to my personal page, I get the, uh, oh, this uh, this post contains an image that mentions COVID-19. Are you sure you want to share it? <laughs> like, what? Well, yeah. Yeah. So I said, fuck off. And I shared it. So that was that. So I build my ad for the episode 17 of the Canadian Truckers. And we... We go through and you get to choose who you want to target. You know, you get to get the keywords in, all that stuff. And who are we targeting? 
oh, we're targeting uh, people that are patriots. We're targeting hunters. We're targeting uh, Americans. We're targeting Canadians. We're tar- you know, like I, okay. real, real broad, real yeah, broad, yeah. right? Sure. Freedom would never come up. <laughs> it wouldn't <laughs> let me populate the word freedom. Liberty. So let, anybody that does heads, let me know if you could populate the word freedom because I can't. So in our title line, it says Canadian truckers, freedom convoy, episode 17. And they used one of my quotes. What I hope happens is America sees what's happening in Canada and gets ahead of it. I don't care if they want to do a victory dance on COVID. I want Joe Biden to be like, we did it. Mission accomplished. That's the headline of this thing right here. So I do my ads and it's, it's the most money I've ever wanted to spend on an ad because I feel like it's a really good episode. Punch it all in, send it out. It goes in for review 20 minutes later. <laughs> so they listened to the whole episode 20 minutes later. <laughs> It says your episodes rejected to add about social issues, elections or politics. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not right. So then they send me another thing that said, your ad isn't approved. Your boosted post uh, episode 17 dropped today. Isn't running because it isn't approved. Review your ad and learn more about it. So I wanted to review it and it said, ad can't run edit ad or confirm identity. So your ad may have been rejected because it mentions politicians or is about sensitive social issues that could influence public opinion, how people vote and may impact the outcome of an election or pending legislation. Jesus. Our policy for running ads about social issues, electoral or politics requires you to get authorized first by confirming your identity and creating a disclaimer that lists who's paying for the ads. But we've never had to do that before. No, no. I mean, they have my, my number of the card I'm using to pay for this thing personally. Then if that wasn't bad enough, I posted that shot uh, about that rejection happening for our ad. So you took a screenshot of the rejection. Yep. Posted it on the Pod Bless America page and said, Hey, everybody, they're not going to let us put an advertisement out for this one. So share it if you can help us out. Um, this is just what we're up against. Then I get a notification from Facebook that said, they got a picture of my uh, post that says, these guys rejected our attempt to boost this post. You can put a big middle finger up to these people by sharing our episode. So they sent me that and said, boost this post to reach more people. You can reach up to 19,000 people when you boost this post for $2,000. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. So they're going to let you boost a post where we're telling Facebook to fuck off. For two grand. For two grand. How much was your ad for? A hundred bucks for the month. That was it. A hundred dollars. Yeah. They charge you, you know, well, it had been for 20 days. It had been, it had been $5 a day. And now they want $2,000. <laughs> to, to boost the post of me saying, let's put your middle <laughs> finger up to these guys. Because they won't take our hundred dollars. Yeah. And I, and I really wish, you know, if our budget was a little bigger, I may have just ran that one through like, yeah, yeah, let's see ya, you know, but they're not going to put the link to the box. If anybody wants to donate, um, $2,000 to us, we'll run this ad and we'll see how it goes. Hey, listen though, I do have concerns that our time is short here on Facebook. Eventually that Facebook's just going to make us disappear one day. Um, so we started a getter account. If you're not on getter, you should be getter is freedom loving, man. They're not, they're not deleting posts. Doesn't matter what the post is. You could be left. You could be right. They're not deleting posts. We are on getter at pod bless America. If you have a getter account, you don't have a getter account. Just set one up. It's free and give us a like over there. You know, give us a follow at pod bless America. 
And if we disappear from Facebook, we're going to be there. I'm, we're going to probably start running mirror sites. You know, I'm going to be posting on Getter as much as we're posting on on Facebook. Yep, you can also find us on Twitter at Jim and Dan Show. And Facebook for now. God bless America. God bless America. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> so, All right. So I guess that's it. You got anything else, Dan? No, that's about it. All right, man. What is this? Episode 18 then, right? Episode 18. 18. Dude, look at us. Only a couple episodes left of season one. So until next time, I'm Jim. I'm Dan. Pod bless America.